Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and this is the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. This is the third episode of season four, the 2018 festival season. Throughout the year, I've been traveling around the country to various barbecue festivals, and in this episode, I stay in beautiful Queensland for the Brisbane Barbecue Festival 2018. It's one of my favorites. Before we get into it, I want to invite you to join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions community on Facebook. If you're looking for a barbecue group full of open-minded people who just love to help each other out, the Smoking Hot Confessions community is a great place to continue the conversation. Finally, however you listen to this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. It really helps me spread that barbecue love. Just a quick note, the audio in these interviews has been extracted from live open-air videos that we shot on the day that were broadcast up onto a big screen. As a result, there's a bit of wind noise, the odd bit of feedback that I couldn't edit out, and occasionally we missed recording the start of the broadcasts. I'll chime in from here in the studio when that happens to make sure you're brought up to date and don't miss a thing. So without further ado, grab yourself your favourite cupcake chicken and an adult beverage of your choosing and join me as I make my way through the Brisbane Barbecue Festival 2018. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Ladies and gentlemen, Ben from Smoking Hot Confessions here. It is a beautiful day here at the Brisbane Barbecue Festival. We could not have asked for better. It's been raining all week up until today. I don't know what happened. I don't know what Julian did. I don't know how much he sold his soul for, but we have sunshine for days. And I'm here right now with uh, Matt from Smoke and Sappers. We're getting ready for the chicken hand in and Matt's going to tell us all about it. So Matt, how's the festival been for you so far? Uh, so, so far it's been, it's been fantastic, mate. The, the weather, like you said, the weather has just been the best that it could be. It, and it's not too hot, it's not too cold, it's been great. And uh, you know what, there's great tunes, there's, there's some great beers, some great food on offer. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're just having a great time. Go Queensland. Woo! Yes. All right, so we're getting ready for chicken. Yep. Now, you've got some action happening over here behind the uh, behind the counter. Yep. Can so, you give us a bit of a rundown on what's going on there? Absolutely. So right now, so the chicken has, has cooked, it's rested, and now Dale's just saucing up. And what we're going to do is we'll put that, that chicken back into the pit so that the sauce can tack and get a bit of heat on it. Uh, and and then when we, uh, in about 10 minutes, we'll pull it out. We'll decide which ones we're going to keep, which ones we're not. Six will go in the box. The rest of them are going to, well, us, because I'm hungry. Me too. That, that's why I'm here. <laughs> and, and I knew that you guys were the guys to come to for some good chicken. So now just looking at that, yep. what cut of chicken is that and why did you choose that cut? So we use a boneless chicken thigh. And uh, I suppose, like, I know that bone imparts good flavour, uh, but when we're looking for consistency, we take that bone out because I know then that each of those thighs are the same weight, uh, they're about the same size, they're all going to cook evenly, they're all going to cook the right way. Uh, we've brined them, uh, we've injected them, and then we've cooked them, and now we'll source them up, we'll put them in, and we'll see how we go. Okay, so the first the, the, the first step of that uh, process was brining. Can, yep. can you tell me about the brining? So the brining, it, it, has, uh, it has a bit of sweet, it has a bit of savoury in it, and what it does is it, and a bit of salt. So a lot of people think if you put salt on things, it's, it's going to draw moisture out. What it actually, it actually locks moisture in really, really effectively. So when we brine the chicken, uh, we brine it for as long as we can. If, if, and depending on when we get released to do stuff. So we, we were released at nine o'clock this morning. Uh, that's when the brine was ready, everything was ready, everything went straight into that brine. And, and it brined until uh, about 11.30, 12 o'clock. And, and then we've cooked the chicken since then. Okay, so you can't actually start preparing the meat before you're given that, that green light? Absolutely. So there, there are time limits that are placed on us uh, depending on with the ABA rules and the promoter rules. So we were released to, uh, to start preparing our meat, so doing things to it other than just trimming uh, at 9 o'clock this morning. So generally you can trim, you can do whatever you want uh, with it as long as it's not imparting any other flavours and it's not doing anything else different to that, to that cut of meat. Awesome, okay. So what was the second step after brining then? Was that the rub? Was that what you're talking about? So yeah, so after we brine it, uh, we pull it out, we give it a bit of a pat dry, uh, we give it a bit of an injection. Now that's generally the same sort of thing as that brine. Because remember, 
with competition barbecue, it's just one bite is all those judges are going to have. So you have to put as much flavour into that one bite as you can get. You've got to keep it as juicy as you can keep it. So we've got presentation, we've got texture and we've got taste. They're our big, they're three big ticket items. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is we want to put as much flavour as we can in and that brine helps again with that texture because it keeps that moisture in and it also helps with the taste because it'll give that little bit of extra savoury and then our, our sauce is a bit sweet. So then we have that sweet, we have that savoury, little bit of vinegar in there and it, so you've got that balance of flavours across the palate and it needs to have depth of flavour. So especially because it's just one bite, they take that bite, they chew, they swallow and then you want that massive hit first up and then you want a little bit of nuance to come through and then right at the back end when they've already swallowed it, they you want that little bit of mouth flavour that comes in just at the end that just puts you apart from everybody else. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Well, if it's competition, then, then that's what it's all about, isn't it? Absolutely. So how do you arrive at that flavour profile? Like, how do, you, how do you know what those judges over there in that tent are going to be looking for in their chicken today? So for us, it's been trial and error. And, and we, we've, we've been, so we started, we did Brisbane Barbecue Festival in 2016. It was our only competition we did that year. And then we started again in earnest, I suppose, last year. And we kept those, we, we, built, we built on that chicken profile over and over, just trial and error, seeing what judges like. Um, we've been really successful with our chicken for probably since about June last year, about this time last year, when mm -hmm. we started getting really good scores, placing in those top three, top four for chicken and, and, and winning and coming second as well. And, and look, consistency is the key. Like once you get a good flavour profile, you need to stick with it because different judges in different places, different flavour preferences, we, we all know it's, it's a different place to be. Uh, the only thing I don't put in is any heat. I don't do heat at all uh, because I found that heat is kind of like coriander. People either love it or they absolutely hate it. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Perhaps that's the reason I'm not scoring so well in, in, in chicken at the moment. <laughs> but anyway, so all right, we, we, we've talked brining, we've talked rubs, we've talked injecting. So the next step's got to be into the smoker. Now I can see you've got uh, three different types of smokers there. You've got two offsets and a bullet. Yep. Which one did the chicken go in and why? And what fuels are you running in there with the chicken? So the chicken went into the, the bullet smoker, the Weber, Weber Smoky Mountain. Uh, and we run Pitt Brothers charcoal, uh, Gigi Lump charcoal. And we put uh, young peach branches in it to, to provide what we call bubbly smoke. So the young peach branch puts off a little bit more moisture, a little bit moist, but we don't we cook it hotter. So because it's a short period cook, it's not... The reason why I don't put it in the big pit is because uh, that big pit has got my bigger prime cuts in it and they cook a lot lower than my chicken does. So we cook the chicken a little bit hotter, a little bit faster, um, and we give it that really nice peach flavour. Beautiful, I love it. And of course that uh, wood would have been chosen to um, accompany the flavours of the rubs and the sauces and all that sort of stuff? Absolutely. So we, we, will, we will trial and error every time. And, and we, like I said, we went through a lot of effort to come up with our flavour profiles as they are now. And it took us a lot of time. Uh, we ate a lot of chicken. We, we eat a lot of barbecue. Uh, and yeah, it, it shows on my waistlines, but you know what, it's worth it all in the end. Uh, but you need to, when, you, when you're looking at your rubs and you're looking at your sauces, you need to look at the, I suppose, the smoke flavour that you want to impart. And you want to try and match them because you, you don't want to offset a, like a really savoury smoke flavour with a really sweet, sauce or a really sweet rub so that's the way that we look at it we just try and complement we just want to build layers of flavor so when the judge takes that bite he gets the whole experience beautiful i love it now i've heard chicken referred to um by other competitors as the dirty bird can you give me a bit of an idea as to why chicken is referred to as the dirty bird so a, a lot of a lot of people don't like chicken chicken is actually quite a difficult dish to to get right um, and a, a lot of guys like think everything's great and then it isn't. Dirty Bird goes back to, uh, I suppose, it's, it's the slang for Kentucky Fried. Uh, and, you know, it's greasy, it's, 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 it's salty, it's Moorish. Uh, it's something that everybody craves when you've had too many beers the day before. Um, so, so the Dirty Bird is, it, it's either, it comes down to it's dirty because I don't like it or it's Dirty Bird because it's addictive and Moorish like Kentucky Fried Chicken. Well, mate, I'm just waiting to see what comes out of the smoker shortly, but uh, what you had there before looked 
a thousand times more appealing to me than KFC any day of the week. Any day. Absolutely. I, you know what, I, I will spend the time and make this at home before I'll eat Kentucky Fried because, uh, yeah, it's, it's not something that is helpful uh, for a flavour profile. It's basically salt and some other stuff and I don't even know how they cook it, so I'm, I'm afraid of it. With good reason. <laughs> now, the minutes are ticking by. We are getting ready for hand-in. Yep. Can you give us a bit of a run-through of what is involved in a in preparing a hand-in? So we have a 10-minute window. Uh, it'll start at 5 to the hour or 5 to the hand-in point, and it'll go to 5 past. So in this case, we have a, uh, a 3 o'clock hand-in. Uh, so the window opens at 2.55 and it closes at 3.05 sharp. If you show up at 3.05 in 5 seconds, you don't even get to hand-in. So... The point is, I suppose, for us is that we try to manage our hand-in to arrive uh, a little bit later so that the, the judges have already tasted some stuff and then they taste ours and ours is going to be better because ours rocks. Well, that was going to be my next question. I was going to say, do you believe it's better to hand in at the start of the window so that they've got nothing to compare it to, so you just go boom first, or do you like to come in at the end of the window and just clean house? So with our, with our proven flavour profiles, we're coming at the end of the window because we, can, we, we, we know we're going to do well. Um, and like, like I said, with our chicken profile, we've done really well in all the comps that we've done uh, and I'm really happy to hand it in late. If I'm trying something new, then I'll hit it, I'll, I'll try to hit early. So you want to you wow that judge with the first bite he's taken or she's taken and, and you want to really try to influence them that way uh, and, and bring on... Uh, and even to the point where if you can, you try to flood their, their taste buds, if you, if you know what I mean. So yep. just to try and influence them down our track and yep. to give us the best score that we can get. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now, I've just seen Glenn bring over your, your box here yep. to, uh, to, to prepare it up. What can you tell me about, uh, about this box for the uh, people viewing? So, so what we try to do is we try to make the box... Uh, I suppose look as appealing as we can and you'll see Glenn, Glenn gets quite particular with it, uh, he'll find any rough edges of the parsley he, he spent quite a bit of time making the parsley trying to make it almost look like a, uh, a golfing green, if you can get it looking like a golfing green, because what you want is you want that meat to stand proud and you want the, the people to be able to see it and say wow that looks amazing not necessarily looking at the parsley in the background but the parsley it, it, it's, uh, it, it gives just I suppose that little bit of perspective just for that meat and that's what we want to try and do I, I know from a uh, photography point of view I always like to put the uh, to put the parsley in the background there just to give it it, it makes a nice presentation stage um, you know that's why when you see people trying to sell stuff online they go and buy all these light kits and backdrops and all this sort of fancy stuff and I think that's that's what's really nice about the parsley so there are some other alternatives to parsley available why do you choose to go exclusively with the parsley so, well, to tell you the truth, it, it's something that we've just always done. So it was something that I saw um, when, when we first started and, and everybody said, you've got to use parsley. Um, you don't have to. There are other options you, you, as long as it's green. So green kale, uh, you can use lettuce, you can use whatever you want. I find lettuce wilts with the heat pretty quickly. Um, the kale can look dull, so it doesn't give that nice sort of the, the it can't it doesn't look as vibrant sometimes um so you know and that's pretty much the way the reason why we go with parsley all right it looks like it's action time here now the uh the chicken thighs have come out the glaze is set on them i can see it's nice and tacky there walk us through what uh, what dale's up to now so dale's now he's going to look at each piece he's going to get a small pair of scissors or or look at and he'll pick the most uniform pieces that he can see uh, and to try to match them because you want them all to be the same because if it's if it's the same size it's the same dimensions it's going to cook the same each of those pieces is going to be the same and you want to try like I said before consistency is the key so you want to be consistent with your with your tenderness with your flavors with everything else you want to try and keep it as consistent as you possibly can so he'll just tidy it up he'll like you see he'll so any bits that hang off and look a bit ugly or that might detract from just that visibility. So when we're talking about hand-ins and, and how they're scored is, uh, so there's three major categories. Uh, there's presentation, there's texture, and there's taste. So presentation is, is a simple out of 10 score. So texture is then a out of 10, but it has a times two multiplier. Mm -hmm. 
taste is the most important because again it's out of 10 but it has a time three multiplier mm -hmm. so a 10 in taste equals a 30 in actual points that we get so we want presentation and a lot of the time texture and taste all the teams along here that will get very similar scores what will actually be the standout will be those one or two points that you get for making the presentation really pop and really look good and that's where you just need to make it look as appetizing as you can. Mm -hmm. And once it's handed in, you know, it's all gone and we'll see how we go. All right. So what we can see here is we can see all the contestants are all lined up here. They've all got their boxes. They're getting ready for hand in. We've got our judges table down over there. Now, is this the most nerve wracking part for you? Um, it's not. By this stage, it's, 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 quite a it's quite a relief in that, you know, we're here now, we've lined up. We know we're going to get a hand in done. Um, the most nerve-wracking time, I've got to tell you, is exactly what Dale just did and trying to find those six pieces that look the same, that are going to be the same, because you never know in the end once you pull that out of the smoker at the end, which is why we do sort of 12 or 18 for six. So we can try and find those ones that we really think are going to nail it. Beautiful. Now. Give me a bit of an idea of, uh, of, of what this uh, lady's doing down here on the, on the table. What's, what's going to happen to your box at this point? So my box will, will be delivered. Uh, we'll tell them uh, our team name. So uh, she'll write it on the, on the box and then Rachel will come and grab it and take it into whichever table as head judge. As she, as she'll give it to the table captain who will then present it and, uh, and let those judges do their thing. Beautiful. And uh, have you actually judged yourself before? I never have. Uh, I've only competed, so I, we are actually, uh, Andrew, Andrew's judged and I'm judging at Bangalore this year. I thought I'd, I'd get on the other side of the uh, other side of the tent and see what happens inside. Mate, it's a very good gig. I've, <laughs> I've done it several times myself. It's a good day out. Yeah. So look, thank you very much for your time and uh, best of luck to the sappers. Hey, cheers, mate. Good to see you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ben from Smoking Hot Confessions here again at the Brisbane Barbecue Festival. Fantastic day out and I'm very fortunate to have Adam from Primal Lion Barbecue here with me. If you don't know Primal Lion yet, you very soon will. They just got reserve grand champion at the Barbecue and Beer Festival um, about six weeks ago. About six weeks ago. Six weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. And so this weekend they're here and they are going after the big prize today. How's it treating you, mate? Yeah, going well, man. Going well. Everything's turning out. Pretty good so far, two hand-ins in. You know, pork ribs just going up. We're pretty happy with them. They've come up treat. Well, just looking at them here, mate, they look absolutely fantastic. Now, we we did see you put them in the box before, yep. and, they, and they've already been taken over to the hand-in. So, uh, one thing I want to, the question I want to start with, based on my interview I did with, with someone else before, mm. was you're very early into the hand-in window. Why do you go first into that hand-in window? So, we like to leave ourselves plenty of time to box up. If we'd had trouble with the carving of the ribs or weren't quite happy with the glaze, we had time then to get it back on the barbecue glaze again. So we'll just ride on time and, you know, with that, you're just leaving yourself as best chance as possible of getting the best product in the box as possible. Awesome. And now speaking of that product, pork ribs, yes. they are a staple of American barbecue. They are indeed. They are indeed. Um, I think... When you think barbecue, you think two things. Pork ribs, brisket. Pork ribs, for me, everyone loves a sticky sauce to pork rib. You know, it's what bearded man doesn't want. It's barbecue sauce on through his beard from eating a pork rib. Well, that's why we have beards. It's yeah, so we can, exactly. It, it's so we can get that sauce in there and just keep tasting it again and again and again. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. It's so much fun to eat pork ribs, you know. Nothing better than getting... A big rack of pork ribs put down in front of you and going for it. Beautiful. So walk me through your process. What what type of rack have you gone with? All right. So our butcher kindly give us a bone-in belly, so to speak. So the whole side of the, the pig, which then at work, luckily enough, I've got a bandsaw and I've cut to shape. So we've got nice four-inch long bones all the way through the rack. So they were nice and straight so to make for easier cutting. Uh, we've taken the belly off that rack, and this is what you're left with, this cut right here. So would I be right in saying that that's a St. Louis cut, or is that a custom yeah. cut that you've come up with yourself? As close to St. Louis as I think we'll get in Australia, I think. Yeah. Beautiful. So what's next? What's next in the process for doing some pork ribs? Um, so making sure you've got the silver skin off the back of the ribs. You've trimmed back to meet 
with minimal amount of fat because the fat's just not going to render. Getting some mustard on there, getting an awesome rub, which shout out to the Barbecue Mafia. They've hooked us up with uh, La Familia today to put on our porkies. Then they go on two hours over charcoal in the Pro-Q and then they come off, they get wrapped with a little bit of agave and butter, brown sugar. Another hour on, hour rest, then they come out and we glaze them with our sauce. Oh, very interesting. So it's not the traditional three, two, one method there. You've kind of adapted your own uh, your own style and you've added a rest period in there. Why do you put that rest period in there? Um, I think they, they relax a little bit, just like any meat. I think it needs a little bit of time to relax, you know, chill out. And then it helps the glaze set better as well. So once you've let it rest, all that honey and butter has done its job. Take them out, let them sort of set with the butter drizzle off and then you start with your glaze and I think it works really well. There's a nice smoke ring. Our glaze is well balanced, sweet, salty, sour, hot as well, a little bit of spice in there. So that's where I'm hoping the judges are going to pick up on. So, Me too, mate. My, uh, I'm, I'm in your corner on this, on this hand and I'm hoping the judges are going to pick yours for sure. Okay. So I'm going to say thank you very much for your time and I want that one. Hey folks, Ben in the studio here. In this clip, I talk lamb with Nawaf from Two Smoking Arabs. Let's get into it. Mate, those lamb racks were just absolutely incredible. Now, one thing I've noticed is that um, when we're typically talking low and slow, we're talking about uh, what comes to mind is pulled, pulled pork shoulders, things like that, things that are cooked like really thoroughly, it's falling off the bone. And when I looked at the lamb, it's quite pink. So why do we why do we go fall apart with pulled pork and we go pink with lamb? Well, lamb, for instance, one, if you if you cook it too much, it dries out and there's no juices in there. So when you go for that bite with the judges, what they're looking at, they're looking at that first bite. So if it, they bite it and it's soft and juicy and just falls off, then you've got yourself a winner. That, that, that's what we know. So that's how it goes. So how do you know when, when pink is too pink? Well, too pink. Well, what we do is we go to a stage where it gets like under just that under that medium. What it does is when you take it off to rest, it does give it an extra cook. When it gives that extra cook, you're getting it to medium, medium, just a little bit over. So that's when you know you're done. We pulled it off at about 115. I usually you pull it at about 125, but we we went a bit lower than that. Tried something different, um, and that's what we did. When when it's pink on the inside, you know that it's nice. I did sneak a bite before and that was something very, very special. Now talk to me about the about the pulled lamb. I, I did pinch a bit of that as well. Yeah. Mate, that was just sensational. What what cut did you use and how did you go about doing it? We used a full shoulder, or half a shoulder, but on the bone. What we did was we obviously put the herbs and spices on there, rubbed it, put it in a smoker. We let it sit for about um, six hours, I think it was, and then wrapped it to the colour that or to temp that we wanted. And then after that, we wrapped it, we let it go till about, you don't want to let it go too much because you dry it out. So we let it go to about 210, 215, wrapped that is. Um, and you let it baste in its own dew. So, and it comes out with the flavors, but if you leave it for too long, what happens is you'll dry it out and you won't get that bite like you tasted with the pulled lamb earlier, how juicy it was. That's, that's what you aim for when it comes to comp. When you're cooking at home, it's totally different. Here there's a lot of stress. You got, you, you think five minutes on either side is is a lot of time, but it's not. Before you know it, it's gone. And then I, I've been at a comp where blokes just missed it, right? And and to have it pulling at that that time that you want it is a skill in an art that a lot of a lot of boys here in the barbecue teams can really pull things off. Mm. Yeah, I've I've been in that situation as well where I've I've handed in my box and then five seconds later someone's come in and they've handed in their box five seconds late and you just see the heartbreak on their face after they've worked so hard to get that box done and they're literally from like here to there away and it's too late. Yeah, yeah it's happened. So. It happens to some, what do you do? It, 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 that's what happens. Yeah. It's a competition. Yeah. So it's like first, second and third. If you come fourth, you came fourth. There's no other, there's no turning back from that. Even if you were split second away. That is the name of the game, mate. It 100%. is. So thank you very much for your time, and thank you for those bites of lamb. They were absolutely fantastic. No, love being and on it. Best of luck with the judges. Thank you very much, and good luck to all the teams.
This is Grant from The Smoking Joint, and I listen to Smoking Hot Confessions. Hey folks, Ben from Smoking Hot Confessions here at Brisbane Barbecue Festival, nice and live. Got some beautiful weather, got some beautiful people here for the crowd. We're having a great time. I've got Chris from Pits and Giggles here, and he's about to walk us through the pork hand in. Now, if you're not familiar with competition barbecue, pork is one of the harder things to do, because trying to make pulled pork look sexy is very, very difficult. So this is what Chris is going to show us how to do right now. Mate, how's the festival been treating you so far? And overall, it's just been a, uh, a pretty good little trip. It's the, the two days gets a bit hard to do, um, particularly because we only got a couple hours sleep last night. Uh, so I've had, I think I've had three hours sleep, uh, and I was up at 4 a.m. yesterday morning. So I'm running on uh, caffeine and adrenaline right now. <laughs> Love it. So it's a long, long weekend. When we're talking about pork, pork is pretty much a quintessential barbecue protein. Can you tell us what it is about pork that uh, that makes it so important to barbecue? Uh, it's it was just part of the original. Uh, so when um, uh, the original sort of barbecue came around in uh, in Northern America, uh, and particularly in the Southern states, uh, it was uh, it came about because they were looking at the cheap cuts. So the, the cuts of meat that you know that people didn't want. You can't make chops out of them. You can't make nice roasts out of them. Uh, it was the cheap sort of leftover cuts and how you're going to do that. And there's only so, so many sausages you can make. Let's face it. So they were looking for a way to make some really really tasty meal out of these cheap cuts of meat. So the And the um, shoulder of the pork was one of those cheap cuts. So the, the actual cut we're using uh, is called, this is actually a collar butt. Usually we would use a full Boston butt. Uh, so the collar butt, um, and this is going to look a bit strange, uh, the collar butt actually runs from the top of the neck here. Are you trying to touch my butt? Shoulder, <laughs> around into the, just into the top of the shoulder uh, and includes the shoulder blade. So that's the full Boston butt. Uh, and the collar butt is kind of the same thing but without the bone. Uh, so it's been boned out. Beautiful, mate. I love it. Now walk us through what you've got here because I realise you're on the clock before we get that yep. box in. So we've got 10 minutes to go. So we've... Um, uh so we started off with a single piece of meat. Uh, I actually separated out this muscle here. So this is what's called the money muscle. Uh, so it's the one that's almost, it's not quite the loin, but it's the, right at the top where the loin comes into the top of the neck. Uh, so it we're going to do, uh, because we've got out of this one piece of pork, we're actually going to serve it three different ways. Uh, so we're going to have the money muscles going to be sliced uh, and sauce, which I'm about to slice this. Put it on here, put some sauce on it. Uh, then I've got some chunks that I've done, which were some of the, the, the bigger pieces of muscle uh, that were in there. And I've just got them warming in the Cambrai. Uh, and I'm going to put a bit of sauce on them as well. Uh, and then, of course, the, the quintessential, which is pulled pork. Uh, now, funnily enough, the, the pulled pork you do for competition is slightly different to the pulled pork you do uh, at home. Because normally at home, you just mush it up. Because really what you want is not quite mince, but it's just that, you know, quite mushy stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you hand that in in competition, you get pinged. They actually like to see... Uh, uh, see the, sort of the strings of the muscle and stuff. So if you actually kind of uh, see it in there, uh, that's the kind of pieces you want uh, in competition. Fantastic, mate. So let's get into it, and you can talk me through what you're doing as you're doing it. Right, yeah. So our money muscle is separated ever so slightly here, but I'm going to start slicing through, and we'll see how it comes up. Now, the couple of things I'm looking for is I'd like that bark to stick on it. So the bark's around the outside, and that's where the um, seasoning that we've put on uh, has set uh, onto the outside of the meat. So I want some pieces that have got a nice bit of bark on them. Uh, I want a nice bit of colour coming through. Uh, I'm after some good smoke ring uh, on there. And uh, the smoke ring is if you look around the outside at the piece of meat, you can see the red on the outside. And basically that's a chemical reaction from as the smoke permeates the meat. Uh, and it gives a, it looks cool, doesn't add too much to the flavour. Uh, you can actually have a perfectly smoky meat without any smoke ring, uh, but the judges like the look of it and it just looks cool, to be honest. We do eat with our eyes first. Absolutely. And that's why with the um, scoring, uh, it's done in three sections. So it's texture, uh, taste uh, and appearance. Uh, and it is appearance because um, ultimately what you want and what they gauge appearance on is it needs to, when you look at it, you want it needs to be inviting and want you to uh, to grab some. So here's our money muscle. It's yes, yes, please. So Rory's just going to grab my sauce. I've had it warming up on the uh, on the barbecue over there. We'll just lay some of this out and have a look. I may need to trim this a bit more yet. So I'm just working my way through. Oh my god, that looks so good, so good. Yeah, it'll taste pretty good too, I reckon. I've just got to try and get the, the right pieces sitting the right way so that it'll um, sit as I want. 
just deciding I might take just that tiny bit end piece on because if you have to, while the end piece is actually really nice to eat, it's not necessarily the greatest thing to judge because it can be a little bit salty. I thought I was going to get that. <laughs> it's not too bad, actually. Yeah, but you got that piece there. I love that bit. All right, cool. Oh, oh, oh. So that is so good. So good. So this is the sourcing phase, yeah? Yeah, so the sauce is one that um, we've made up ourselves. Uh, it's a, um, uh, it's actually based on a South American sauce, and James, uh, one of our team members, has made it up. And it's got um, a chipotle and adobo uh, and a few other sorts of things. James, what else is in the sauce? Yeah. Uh, it's got a tomato sauce base with uh, some chipotle and adobo. Uh, to make it a bit less spicy, I haven't actually put the chipotles in, just the adobo from that. Some honey, some brown sugar, and a mix of a few basic spices like onion powder and garlic powder. Oh, man, so good. Right, so good. Well. Now, those um, pulled pork strings, I actually had them ready over there already. Uh, so they're sitting there. Uh, about right to go. I'm just trying to avoid having them look too mushy. So as I actually put them in, I'm just going to move this over to there. Now this is part of the challenge. We talked about before about making pulled pork sexy, about making mm. pork sexy. It's one of the harder cuts to do. So what are you looking for when you're going from chunks, pulled and money muscle to get into that box? How do you go about deciding what goes where? So um, I've sort of got pictured in my head uh, from from the from the outset uh, what I'm after so what I'm going to do is the uh, money muscle I'm going to run down here uh, then I'll have chunks at the back and the pulled uh, across at the front so I'll, the only thing I've just got to make sure that the pull's not too long I have to just pop that we've just been given the uh, the the hurry up here mate we've got five minutes to hand in so I just got to remind you of that your, your partner in crime has just given me the death stare and, uh, and held up the five fingers. So uh, I'll just be quiet and you just talk me through and you just get the job done. Right, so there we go. Uh, there's my pulled. So I'm just separating them a little bit so that it doesn't look uh, as a sort of a single uh, mushy piece. Then I want a little bit of sauce. Can you just chuck some sauce in there? And I'm just going to... Yeah, just tip a little bit in. Right, so I just want to put a tiny bit of sauce. Uh, that should just about be enough. Don't burn me. We've had, we've had one minor cutting incident early today. But did they deserve it? Ah, uh, well, well, it was Rory and he cut himself with his own knife. Rory, did you deserve it? I probably did something bad. Karma, brother, karma. Righto, so we add that little bit extra sauce to it uh, at the end because you see if the, the really nice sheen that it gets now, uh, so you get that extra bit of colour. Uh, and I'll probably actually even brush a tiny bit more onto that pulled uh, before I uh, before I put it in. So I need at least six pieces. Uh, the, the rules in barbecues, you need to have at least six serves uh, of whatever you put in the box. So I'm just working on getting that one out. Yeah, it's a bit messy. It's a little bit ugly, so remove that one. And we'll just swap those that way. See that? They look good. That's Very nice, mate. Very nice. So we'll set that one out of the way. And now we want to get this money muscle as the final. Uh, How are you choosing which pieces are going to go in there? I'm actually trying to get the ones that have got the most consistent, um, that haven't got too big a um, gap in them or too big a slice uh, going on. So I'm trying to look for consistency in, as much as I can, consistency in size and shape. That one, no. Bigger. With an angle. That's him. Righto. So what I'm going to do now is I'm actually going to try and line these up on here first. We've just been given the, the two-minute warning. I think we've got about one minute left. Yep. I'm going to do that. We just need a little bit of sauce on the outside bit of sauce on that. So it's almost like putting the pepper Pig jigsaw back together. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Yeah, trying to get them all in and set. So once we've got the collection I'm liking and I'm happy with, then I am going to put them Yeah, it's the way they, they do actually sit better like that. And that will go in. Righto, and then I'm just going to lay them back a little so you get get a, a good look at that smoke ring as it's sitting in there. So the sexy pork needs to like recline back and lounge in the in the box a little just, bit there. Just relax and chill a little bit. Uh, so that's there we go. So there's the box uh, ready to go. 
Um, so we've got a nice neat edge. I just trimmed that back, you saw, with the knife just to make everything fit. The, the chunks are all nicely set. I'm just going to put a tiny bit of... Uh, just sit the sauce tin there for me, please. Thank you. So I'm just going to put a tiny bit of uh, sauce back on top of these. Just, you see the difference it makes in the colour. It just gets that colour up a bit more and makes them sh shine up a bit. So it just makes that, it gives that real moist look to it so it looks really inviting uh, and makes you want to jump in and grab some. As we are all probably are wanting right at this point, looking at them. <laughs> and there we go. That's ready to go. Mate, that is some sexy, sexy pork. Well done. Thank you very much. We'll have got our, got our box there about ready to go. We have actually a, a special carry that my wife's made photos, for photos. it. So we've, we've got to grab our own photo of the box. So we're just knocking that off now. That is some sexy, sexy pork. Nicely done, Chris. Nicely done, mate. Thank you very much for your time. We're going to put this in the in in the special box carrier now, because it is very important that the box loses as little temperature as possible between here and the judges' table. And mate, we wish you all the best of luck on your way, and we hope to see you up on the podium. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben from Smoking Hot Confessions here again. I'm super lucky. I'm here with a great lady who does a lot of Q for a good cause. We've got Linda from Highland Q. She runs the, the Q for a cause competitions coming up soon. Very good uh, cause to get behind. Linda, how is the Brisbane Barbecue Festival treating you? Really good, actually. The weather's held off for us. Our cook so far has been pretty good. One hand we're not happy with, but that's barbecue for you, so... We'll see how we go. <laughs> that is very true, very, very true. Now, you have a very interesting accent, and I understand you may have travelled the world a little bit recently. Can you tell us a little bit about that trip? Yeah, well, I'm originally from Aberdeen in Scotland. So um, Mick and I went across with Ethan and did eight weeks over in the UK and competed in Scotland and England. And So, yeah, it was a, a real uh, eye-opener and, yeah, great experience. Now, don't downplay it. I know you happen to do very, very well over there. So don't don't be humble. Tell us all what happened and uh, and, and how it went down. Um, well, we did a couple of comps. We actually came first in Chef's Choice in our first comp in Scotland. It's the first ever comp, so that was really a proud moment for me. Um, and then at the Champions League at Bruin Q in Burton-on-Trent, we got first in brisket, which was, um, yeah, a bit fell off our seats. But, uh, yeah, it was against all the top GC winners in Europe. So we're very, very proud. And we did it with an Aussie brisket, so... <laughs> That's even better. That's even better. Now, it looks like Mick is getting ready to uh, to slice the brisket here. Yes. So we'll take a few steps in close. And tell us a little bit about brisket. Why is brisket so so central to barbecue? Oh, look, at, I suppose brisket's always been part of... Um, in the early days in America, it was one of the four proteins that, you know, was, was always cooked. Um, it originally was a very cheap cut of meat. Um, and... By cooking it low and slow, you end up with something that's absolutely amazing. Beautiful. So now walk me through, without giving away your secrets, yeah. what did you do to get this brisket looking as good as that? All right, well, we do a lot of trimming for competition brisket. So we usually do all our trims before we come to a comp. Then we actually cook at around about 275 to 300 for our briskets now, because that's what our Pro-Q likes to sit at. Um, and we can probably pull off a brisket in anything between four and a half to six hours and then we let it have a good rest for probably a couple of hours um, and we hope for the best. That's awesome. Now I've heard some people talking about points and flats. What are we looking at here? This is the flat. So I always separate my point and my flat. Um, A, because it usually cooks quicker and it gives me more control as to whether I pull the point off earlier, etc, etc. Um, we've actually got the points sitting on the um, all cubed up and ready to go for some burnt ends. Um, and this is the flat. So Mick usually starts cutting it um, and he'll judge tenderness and whether we need to go for slightly thicker slices or thinner slices. And, and um, he usually does all the standard tests, the hanging over your finger, and which that looks good. Pull apart looks good. Now we'll try it. And maybe makes good sounds then usually it's a good thing pretty good, good, good. what's the verdict mick mm, pretty good <laughs> awesome okay so you mentioned three tests there so yeah. there was the taste test that's obvious taste test yes yeah. what's the bend test and why is that important the bend test you've got to get your brisket to just a certain tenderness the bend test if you're if you haven't cooked your brisket long enough it's going to be dry and you won't get that bend it'll be really stiff if you overcook your brisket, it'll be pull apart. 
So you pull it over your finger, it's just gonna, the weight of the brisket's gonna just drop either side of your finger. So if you can get it just to hang there, that's fantastic. And then there's the pull test, and you want to be able just to pull it gently apart. And um, that's usually what we try and aim for. Obviously, you always try and get that appearance looking nice with a nice smoke ring and things like that, but you know. At the end of the day, appearance isn't your greatest factor in scoring for competitions, so we'd much rather have the tenderness and the taste nailed than, than anything else. It's looking really good at the moment. Yeah, I'm quite pleased with that one. So tell me about, about what's been left here in the foil. What's that over there? All right, so that's basically just the cooking juices that's come out of the brisket and also a little bit of stock that we put in when we wrap. We always put a little bit of stock in just to keep that moisture in there. I've actually got some more stock just warming up on the Pro Q now. And what we do like to do is just before we put our slices in the box, we like to just dunk them a little bit in just some stock. Um, and it just, again, sucks up the, the moisture into it and keeps it nice and, and moist by the time it gets in the box and taken to the judges. And so it doesn't dry out when it's, because obviously air is not your friend. So as soon as the air gets to the open slices, that's when things start to dry out. So you want to try and avoid that as much as possible. Of course. All right, now we're going to see what's coming up next. So now it's just a case of deciding what part of the flat we want to use. Usually we try and steer away from the, the start of it. We learned very early on and um, we would be cutting into a brisket and think, oh, we've ruined it, you know? But persevere, go further into your brisket because that center part is probably where you've got your best slices. So never think that just because the front end of your brisket's a bit dodgy, keep going. Um, the amount of, amount of brisket we probably left on our bench that was probably, you know, a place and we haven't, it's ended up getting put to the dog. Literally leaving money on the table. So more or less all we do now is very carefully, we've only got to put six in the box, but what I do like to do, we've judged, and I don't like being a judge that's left with just one piece to choose from. So what I try and do is at least put, at least seven, if I can fit eight in the box, I will because it gives that last judge just that choice of slice and he's not left with the, the one that nobody else wanted. Well, we are a culture that is accustomed to large serves and so we do tend to feel a little bit ripped off. Exactly. And so, yeah, it's always a good idea to put, uh, to put more in the box more than, than, that, than you need to. Yeah, so I'll get Mick to maybe get the burnt ends. So the next step for us, we're happy with the flat. So the next step for us is, do we want to put the burnt ends in the box or not? And again, that comes down to, if you don't think they're good enough, don't put them in. I think we've, we've made that mistake a couple of times thinking that judges expect to see a burnt end in the box. Um, but if it, they're not up to scratch, then yeah, it's gonna pull your whole score down, so. So tell me about burnt ends. What are burnt ends? Burnt ends are the point. Um, so, you know, history sort of dictates with burnt ends that they're, they're usually sauced, usually very sweet. They're, they're cooked down to, there's a lot more fat in the point than there is in the, in the flat. So they're a lot more gelatinous, so they need that little bit more cooking, which is why we put them back in the liquid and just let them not stew, but just baste in all those juices and it just makes them really tender. So the whole object is to put it in your mouth and it's just that really nice uh, beefy morsel. Um, doesn't always work that way. <laughs> but hopefully, I'll get Mick to taste one now. He's usually the taste tester. He's, he's literally the beef eater. He is the beef eater and he will decide, they're very hot, but he will decide whether he likes it and whether we put it in the box or not. Well, let's see. It'll be hot. It looks bloody hot. <laughs> so, sorry. It's melting the mouth. Oh, that's a pass. Oh, that's a pass. Okay. That's a pass. Right. We'll blame him if it doesn't work. <laughs> All right. So now it's just a case of boxing it up. What time have we got? Oh, yeah, need to do it. All right. So slices first. Slices first. I usually pop them at the back. So this is the tricky part because you're just going to try and judge how much you can fit in there and still make it look pretty and leave enough room for your burned ends at the end. Okay. So if you're putting in eight slices, are you now going to be looking for eight burnt ends? 
you probably won't, because of the size we cut them, probably won't fit it. Um, if I can get, like I said, more than the six, I'll do it. Because obviously I want that judge to, to have the choice. But if I can only fit six in the box, then that's what I'll do. Yeah, no, I think we're only going to get six in this one. But that's fine, you only have to put six in, so we won't get penalised for that one. That looks amazing, Linda. That is absolutely dead set great work. And, of course, Mick as well. We can't forget Mick. Great job, mate. Thank you. This is looking fantastic. Now, who, who runs it to the uh, to the judges? That's my job. Yeah. Although, Ethan, I'm training him up nicely. So. <laughs> oh, it's Ethan's job. He's very keen over there. Yeah. He's, he's looking forward to it. There you go, mate. Excellent. Hey folks, Ben for Smoking Hot Confessions here. Brisbane Barbecue Festival, it's been a ripper of a weekend. One of the men who's been working like a dog this weekend, he's been up doing demos of Picania on the stage. He's always loves talking to people and sharing what he knows. It's Brett from the Flaming Mongols. Mate, how's the festival been to you? Mate, it's a fantastic day today. Uh, just had our last hand in and it's been a pretty massive event. Uh, two days, six hand-ins. Uh, not many barbecue comps you go to these days have six hand-ins. Uh, it is a bit of a mission. You've got a lot to do. You've got a lot to think about. There's rubs and sauces and proteins and eskies and fridges and cold and barbecue and fire and wood and smoke. So we've got a lot to think about. It's been a big weekend. No doubt, mate. Now, I know one of your favourite ones to do is beef ribs. And I just saw what you did before. We've got some left here in the, in, in the smoke and have a look at. Mate, walk me through beef ribs. What is it about beef ribs that just makes it so good for barbecue? So, of course, the beef rib is the muscle in the, 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 the beast that works really bloody hard. Uh, it's, a, it's a muscle that needs to be cooked super low and slow. Uh, I was up earlier watching you on stage talking about beef ribs, and, and yes, there's a lot of connective tissue, there's a lot of uh, the fat inside the beef ribs, but cooking it low and slow, so long cooks for our beef ribs. Went on nice and early this morning about 7 a.m., um, uh, and that breaks down all the fat. They just turn to marshmallow, mate. They just are amazing. They you know, the feel in your mouth is just brilliant. Um, we like to sauce our beef ribs. They just do need a little tiny bit of sauce because there's a, quite a lot of fat content there, so something to break it, break that fat content down. Mate, that sounds lovely. So without uh, giving too much away, can you give me a bit of an idea of the of the flavour profiles and that, that you do put on there without telling me your secrets? No, sure. Look, uh, beef doesn't need much more than salt and pepper. Uh, we use our Lane's barbecue rub. We, I, th I think we may have used Lane's espresso. It helps a little bit and a little bit of our brisket rub with some salt and pepper. Um, we've had a long cook. You know, we've, we're trying to create some good bark on the outside. It's rested for a while. We've put it back in the barbecue just to crisp up that bark right at the end. Um, it's turned out pretty good. We're, we're pretty happy. So. And what does it take to make a beef rib look good in a box? Well, beef ribs are pretty ugly. Uh, they look really good when you cut them up, but uh, once they've been sitting in the in the smoker for a while, you can sort of see there they don't. They never really uh, turn out in a uniform in any way, shape, or form. So there's a fair bit of slicing and neatening up to make it look presentable. You know, you want to grab as many presentation points as you can. You're going to eat with your eyes. So of course we're going to uh, we're going to make it look as best best we can. Beautiful, mate. Well, thank you very much for your time and best of luck for the uh, awards presentation shortly. Thanks, champion. Hi, Ryan. Nathan from Smoke and Dagger's Barbecue. Ben's just asked me to have a quick talk to you and run through some of the equipment we use. So I thought today I'd talk to you about uh, knives and keeping them sharp and what's a need to have and a nice to have. So basically in our kit, we keep it quite basic. Just got two knives, one small little five-inch boning knife. Uh, this is a Wagner Swibo knife. Quite stiff blade. It's very good for cleaning up briskets, removing fat. Um, there's a few on the market that you can have. Vitronox is a very good brand. Uh, anything small like that, very good for cleaning up. The other one is, of course, our main slicing brisket knife. Uh, both of these knives aren't that expensive. This is about $80 from King of Knives. Nice straight blade, quite long, good for keeping your cuts nice and clean. And then this one you can pick up for 20 bucks, not too much at all. Probably the main thing you really need to focus on uh, is how to keep them sharp. So everyone can buy an expensive knife, there's plenty of expensive knives out there, 
but they're only good as long as they're sharp. So for me, for what I travel around with, it's quite easy. It's a little easy lap stone. So it's steel, it's just pitted steel basically, both sides. One's a 600 grit and one's a super fine 1200 grit. Now I find that very easy to keep my knives sharp, brings back an edge quite easy. Uh, there's plenty of different options out there. You can get uh, oxide stones, genuine proper stones, prices range. These are about 150 bucks, but they last forever. I've had this one probably 10 years. I've used it, uh, come from the meat industry background, so I've used it quite a lot. Uh, so my advice, start cheap, get a cheap knife, but a good quality stone. Good quality steel. This is good, it's nice polished steel. About 180 bucks for one of these, but it'll last you forever. Again, this one's had um, a lot of uses. Uh, and just practice. No one's gonna be a professional straight away. Took me a long time of blunt knives before I got good at it. But you will get better. You'll start, to, as you get better and you develop the skills, you'll start to learn what a sharp knife feels like. And then you can get to the point of getting more expensive knives. There's a lot of specialty knife makers that make knives like this that custom handles, custom steel, they'll set you back 400 bucks easy. But a $400 knife is no good with a blunt edge. So again, cheap knife, good quality stone and steel, and just battle through and keep practicing. So thanks for listening in. Again, Nathan from Smoke and Daggers. I'll see you later. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. All right. I want to introduce my trophy girl, Big Willie. Badass barbecue. Thank you very much. He's the looks. I'm the muscle. All right. So just to go through, um, I'm going to call the top 10 as I normally do. Give everybody the on the ABA. So chicken, dirty bird. We love this one. Tied in ninth place, we have the Brizzy Basters. We've also got the Mile High Porkers. Tied in seventh, we've got Big Smoke Barbecue. And we have Bluebird Barbecue Crew. Tied in fifth, odd numbers, Primal Lion Barbecue. And we also have, tied in fifth, the Based Brothers Barbecue. In fourth place, we have the Smoke Kings. All right. I need my trophy girl. Q trophy girl. Third place chicken. It's massive. Third place for Dirty Bird, Manning Valley Smokers. Yeah. All right, second place in chicken. Once the old boy gets off the stage, we have Dry Rub Thugs. First place chicken, and I must say that chicken was the judge's favourite for the weekend. With a score of 339. They'll hate that I've told everyone that. The Smoking Hot Bros. Smoking. Pork ribs, my favourite. So top ten, we're starting with tied in ninth place. We've got smoking hot bros, double barrel barbecue. In eighth place, the charcoal project. In seventh, we have smoking dog barbecue. Tied in. Fourth, we have Manning Valley Smokers. We've got Mile High Porkers. And Puff Puff Based. All right, so number three in pork ribs, Smoking Cods Barbecue. This is their third event ever. In second place for pork ribs by two points, 
the Brizzy Beasters. All right. Who are the new rib king or queens? Well, all the hard work at Walter's Steakhouse has paid off Primal Lion Barbecue. Okay, to round out day one, yesterday's judging, we have lamb. It was very lamby. Trophy girl. So top ten again, guys. In tenth place, Country Boys Barbecue. Thank you. It's the helmet, Dan. Ninth place, you have Charcoal Kings. In eighth place, their first ever comp, Fiery Briskets. In seventh, we have Highland Q. And in sixth, we have Family Q. Tied in fourth, we have the Brizzy Basters and Bluebird Barbecue Crew. All right, third place, Willie's Giant Trophy, Manning Valley. Just have to unlock my phone. All right, in second place, Trophy Girl, the Smoke Kings. First place in Lamb. Youngest team on site, Double Barrel Barbecue. Double Barrel. Double Barrel and Cam. All right, Nelly there. Moving into day two now. We've got pork. Once again, top ten. We're going to start with 11 because there's three tied though. So tied for 11th we have Up in Smoke. This is for pork. We have Highland Q. Smoke and Daggers Barbecue. Tied in eighth. Another three. The Smoke and Hot Bros. Flamin' Mongrels. Smoke and Cods Barbecue. In seventh, we have The Beard and the Barbecue. In sixth, Smoking Barbecue. In fifth, Smoking Dog Barbecue. And in fourth, Double Barrel Barbecue. So third place, up to stage please, Pits and Giggles. Second place in Pork, Dry Rub Thugs. So, first place pork. Thank you for making the trip to Brisbane. Big Smoke Barbecue. <laughs> Nearly there. All right, brisket, the king of meats. Top ten. Where is my trophy girl? You're slack mate. Go, girlfriend. Lucky you're not wearing a bikini. All right, top ten. Here we go. Tenth place, My High Porkers. Tied in tenth, The Beard and the Barbecue. In seventh, three tie, three way tie, Charcoal Kings, Big Smoke Barbecue, The Brizzy Basters. And I will say that from seventh up is 330s, so Xbox is back, baby. Sixth place, Primal Lion Barbecue. In fifth place, an equal noisy team, Smoking Sappers. Fourth place, Manning Valley. Yep, lucky you don't have to walk this time. Third place, welcome to the stage, Signature Smoke. 
One point between second and third. In second place, Brisket. The smoking Hot Bros. Okay, and by another one point. First place, Brisket. Double Barrel Barbecue. Last one, beef ribs. So we'll start with 11th because I can. 11th place, flaming mongrels. Tied in ninth, we have pick crew barbecue. And two smoking Arabs. In eighth place, we have cereal grillers. A team that sums up my nature in seventh place, Bogan Barbecue. In sixth place, Double Barrel Barbecue. Fifth place, Second Comp, Signature Smoke. In fourth place, we have the Smoke Kings. And third place, please come up to the stage. The beard and the barbecue. Second place, beef ribs. And truly the loudest team, I think, in the nation, drunk on smoke. Whew, this one scares me. Beef ribs, first place. Four points from a perfect score. It was all in the helmet, Country Boys Barbecue. Well done. So, Grand Champion, I'm going to announce 10th uh, to 4th and Julian is going to say a little bit, get the suspense happening, and then we'll go 3rd because they also get a prize, 2nd and then 1st uh, place. So, in 10th place overall, we have Bluebird Barbecue Crew. This is out of 43 teams, I believe. So that was awesome. Uh, ninth place, we have the Beard and the Barbecue. In eighth place, we have the Smoke Kings. In seventh place, Country Boys Barbecue, also known as the... The Tin Man Shrek. Thank you, Willie, for that. Sixth place, Primal Lion Barbecue. In fifth place, the Smoking Hot Bros. Fourth, Manning Valley. And now I'll hand over to Julian. Who didn't I hand it over? Julian. Julian. <laughs> Thanks, Rach. Hey, guys, really quickly. Um, I didn't want the suspense at the beginning to be too long, so we'll, we'll cut it to, to this time. There's a few more thank yous we need to say. I'll go through it really quickly. A big round of applause for Brett from Flaming Mongrels for his lovely demo. Ben from Smoking Hot Confessions. Michael Wilcox from Badass Barbecue. Morgan from Wild Smoke. And uh, also a very big thank you to our sponsors. Um, Heat Beads, a major sponsor. Sun Pork, Newstead Brewing, 1300 Cabs, Mantra Hotels, and wonderful, wonderful support from uh, Tim from Reese & Sons. Big, big hand for Tim. He, he did all the catering for the VIP section, and everyone thought they got a fantastic feed. There's one guy who came and had three burgers yesterday and two burgers today. You've got to say that's a good thing. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, I mentioned our charitable partner is Beyond Blue uh, and, and we'll, we'll have them a bigger part of the next event. And last but not the least, Newstead Brewing, uh, who has provided some fantastic beer. Uh, big, big round of applause for them. Did I say last? I did say last, but um, a big thank you to the ABA for the support, Rachel. 
Dean, uh, Sinead, and the rest of the crew. Thank you very, very much. All right. Third place. They get a trophy. Heat beads and $500 cold hard cash. Welcome to Brisbane Big Smoke Barbecue. All right, RGC. So RGC get a beautiful trophy. Whoever my trophy girl is this time. Benny, stepping in. <laughs> uh, they get 750 cold hard cash and some more heat bead things that Julian will just pull out magically. Second place, or RGC, we have the Brizzy Basters. Grand champion at the new venue, new location of the Brisbane Barbecue Fest 2018. Trophy, heat beats, $1,000 cash, a kiss from Willie and a hug from me. Welcome to the stage. Welcome back, Double Barrel Barbecue. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very, very much for coming to the fourth Brisbane Barbecue Festival, my first. Um, I, I hope to get your continued support a very, very big thank you. A big round of applause to all of you, please. Put your hands together for yourselves, guys. Thank you. Thank you. There you have it, the Brisbane Barbecue Festival for 2018. Massive congrats to the Brizzy Basters on RGC and Double Barrel for Grand Champion. And thanks to all the folks who were part of the show. Join me next episode as I jump on a plane and head down to the always beautiful Foster in New South Wales for the incredible Q for a Cause charity barbecue competition. Before I let you go, jump on over to Facebook and join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions community. If you're into barbecue, we're into you. And finally, take a minute to subscribe, rate and review the show. This episode's supporter shout-out goes to Evil SS for their five-star rating and stellar review on Apple Podcasts. It is very much appreciated. Well, that's the end of the show. Till next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>